0: morning. Proverbs chapter 29 is our text, verse 18, Proverbs 29, 18. I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive in. Father, we want to um, thank you for this um, opportunity this morning to celebrate who you are, to hear from you, to um, connect with you, to engage with you. And Father, as I speak now, this has been a hard one to prepare. So Lord, give me um, a clear memory, a clear mind that I may speak clearly the things you want me to say Help me to remember what I prepared. And God, give us ears to hear what you are saying. That, Lord, that even you will bypass my words and that you'll be speaking to your people and that you'll be stirring them to live, to, uh, live lives that are continuing to move forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Hey, uh, last week I introduced you to these two people. These two, Remember these two people? Why did I introduce you to the emu and the kangaroo last week? Who remembers? Why? Because they can't go backwards. But I disputed that, didn't I? And I showed you a video of a kangaroo going backwards. Remember that? Well, I found one. Well, I, I Googled emu and uh, YouTube emu going backwards. And the uh, closest I got was an ostrich. Now, that's pretty close. So check this one out. Wake up in the- and feeling like P. Diddy hey, up, Grab girl? my glasses, I'm out the door I'm gonna hit this city Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth With a bottle of Jack Cause when I leave for the night I ain't coming back I'm talking pedicure on our toes Toes, trying on all our clothes Clothes, boys blowing up my phones Phones Drop up and playing our favorite CDs Pulling up to the parties Trying to get a little bit tipsy That's pretty cool, eh? It's like a person running forward. How cool is that? Is that cool? No, I reckon that was cool. Whatever. Well, after the, um, after the service last week, I had two people come up to me to talk to me about kangaroos and emus, and two people said this, Nathan, did you know that... The Australian emblem, the government emblem, has a kangaroo and an emu, yeah, I knew that. And the reason they did that is because whoever created it wanted Australia as a nation to be moving forward, so they deliberately chose these animals. Yeah. And I think I have heard that when I was at school once upon a time. So I did some research, and apparently in 1908, King Edward II, organized this emblem, he didn't create it, it, someone, he got it done, 1908 for an emblem that only the Australian government can use for their official material. And what I read said that apparently it was designed with those animals because they want this nation to move forward. You know, well, and last week we launched our theme for this year. We want to be a church that is continually... Moving forward, a church and we, we looked at Hebrew, um, not Hebrews, Jeremiah chapter seven, and we read that scripture where God speaks to the people of Judah and He says, "You've been going backwards and not forwards." And as we looked what that meant in context, context it was around obedience. That when the people were obedient to God, they were moving forward, but when they were disobedient, God says. They were moving backwards. And friends, God wants us as a people to be moving forward, meaning to be taking initiative, to make a stand for the things of God, to step out and take a risk for God and his kingdom. Moving forward is about fulfilling the purpose that God has for our lives. And yet, as I said last week, there are things that get in the way of us moving forward and what we're going to be calling them in this series over the next 12 weeks are roadblocks to moving forwards. And, and these roadblocks could be around fear. These roadblocks could be around guilt, could be about shame, could be around our past and our past and what we've done in the past is preventing us moving forward. I challenged you last week around complacency and around when things just look nice, well, it's easy for us to sit back and relax rather than continuing to go forward. Or or maybe you feel like, well, I've done my bit, I did my bit in the past, it's no longer my turn. And my challenge to you is this, that God's not finished with you yet. It doesn't matter what you've done doesn't matter how much you've achieved, that God can still wants you to move forward in obedience, stepping out, fulfilling His purpose for your life. Now, we're going to focus in on one of the roadblocks this morning that I think is something that's very, very important for each one of us, and it's this. The roadblock we're going to focus on today is a lack of vision. Now, in Proverbs chapter 29, 18 this is what it says, this is the, I've I've written down uh, five different versions of Proverbs 29, 18. We're gonna start with the NASB, the New American Standard Bible which they say is pretty literal. It says where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. The King James Version says this, where there is no vision, The people perish. Who said that before? Where there's no vision, the people perish. Yeah? But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Let's look at the ESV, the English Standard Version, the version that Con Michael loves. It says this Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Another version, the NIV Where there is no revelation, People cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And the final one for today, from the message. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Here... Proverbs talks about two ways of living. The first way is without a vision. And if you look, at the, if you look carefully, it's actually around God's vision. Without God's words, without His, the message from God, the result is that people perish, that people cast off restraint. And the other way of living is, with, is people with a vision, which says, happy is he who keeps the law. In other words, but when you follow God's ways, happy you are. Or again, happy in the King James Version. The ESV says, blessed is he who keeps the law. NIV says, blessed. And the message says, they are most blessed. So there's two ways of living. And the first way I want to look at this morning is this. Without a vision... I'm looking at my notes for the very last time and for those who are listening on the internet, I'm about to put a blindfold on and I'm trying to remember what I'm about to say. It's a bit of a, 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 bit of a struggle and I'm trying to find the edge of the stage. It's there. You know, they keep going, who was that? Was that Colleen? I bet it was Colleen. I'm sure it might have been Kylie. Anyway, moving on. Now, when we talk about a lack of vision, we're not talking about not being able to see or like you're blind physically but a lack of vision is around not looking forward not setting goals when we talk about the word vision, we're talking about a preferred future where we're talking about the things we want to see achieved, the, uh, the uh, goals that we have and if we don't have a vision, well then we can get stuck we can get stale, and the things around us can, can, can start to go nowhere and even in some cases fall apart. You know, think about your marriage for a moment. Do you have a vision for your marriage? Or is it simply we just get out of bed every day and we do the things we need to do? And if that's the case, just, there isn't a deliberate focus on moving forward. If there isn't a deliberate focus on building the relationship, if there isn't a deliberate focus on growing deeper together, well then, things become stale and things can go backwards. How about with your children? Without a vision for your children, will your children just go about life? But if you have a vision around, God's vision about training a child in the way that he should go. If you're deliberate about training your kids, loving your kids, serving your kids, well then they're going to achieve more. And this is true in every spectrum of life, in in education, or your occupation, or the different relationships you have. If you haven't got a vision, well then, things can just become stale, can become boring, can become irrelevant, and in some cases, things can really spiral. Oops, um, I'm going to tell you a, a, sad, a sad story, and I don't know, I think I'll take my blindfold off just out of respect. Is that better? That tastes better, isn't it? Eye contact. That was really hard to do, by the way. Um, I take the blindfold off out of respect for the people involved in this. When I was um, 17, 18 years of age, um, one of the closest friends was a, was a girl named Jackie, and And she rang me one night saying, "Um, Nathan, my dad's gone missing. Okay, he's gone missing. I'm sure he'll come back. No, um, we're really worried about him. Okay, so I ring back the next day. No, dad still hasn't come home. And a couple of days later, they found his body in the national park and he'd committed suicide. Horrible, sad story. And he left a suicide note. And his suicide note said, "Um, I'm leaving you because I don't feel loved by anyone. But the reality was, he had a wife that loved him and three teenage kids that loved him dearly. And yet, he was so stuck in his own stuff, without hope, without a vision for the future, and it ended in the most horrible, horrible way. Now, just as an aside, if you if you're here this morning and you feel like life is hopeless, love you to come and talk to me. Talk to a friend. There's other helplines that you can call that can give you Lifeline. Do you know any good uh, phone counsellors, Robbie? One or, one or two. Robbie's one of those phone counsellors um, on Lifeline. And if you're struggling, please reach out. Don't be like that man who dealt with it himself and ended awfully. Most of us aren't in that spot, but, but regularly we get times in our lives where we, where we forget to look forward. We forget to see what's in front of us, and we're not deliberate in saying, I wonder what the future could be like. We're not deliberate in saying, hey, God, God, how do you want me to live in this situation? God, what is your vision? What are your goals for my marriage? What are your goals for my children? What are your goals for my life, for my education, for my occupation? What are your God, where are we going? And friends, without that, we can begin to live without hope. Things can start to spiral. And living like that can be really, really, really tough. And in a a group like this, there's going to be many people who have struggled with some of this type of thinking. Well, who wants to be honest this morning? Who struggled with this type of thinking? Yeah. Lots of years. Yeah. But it's not just in our individual lives where vision is vital. It's also part of the organization that we're a part of. Now, I'm going to talk secular and sacred, and, and this verse in Proverbs is speaking deliberately about a God vision, but let's just leave the God bit out for those organizations that aren't specifically Christian. If you think about your PNC group, if you think about the staff that you're a part of, if you're a teacher, if you're a nurse, if you're a whatever it is, if you're part of a soccer club, if you're part of a, um, a support group for someone, if you're part of uh, LifeGate Care, you're part of LifeGate Church. If you're part of an organisation, an organisation without a vision, an organisation without a vision is in all sorts of trouble. Because when you have a vision, it it uh, drives you forward. It gives you a target. It gathers people, and people start heading in the same direction. But if you get an organisation where the vision is not clear, if the vision is weak, if the vision is not compelling, you know what people do? They cast off restraint. They start to do their own thing, they start to look at all the problems. Some people start to push their own agenda, which isn't necessarily a good thing, and they push their agenda rather than what's best for the organisation. An organisation without a clear vision can, can create disunity and is heading for clashes going forward. That's all around no vision. Let's now talk about people with a vision. When I was um, growing up, I was part of a church that didn't, that didn't really understand vision or, or, or leadership that well. There was leadership, but it wasn't like I understand it today. And, and when I hit the age of 17, I, I started to lead things in the churches that I was a part of. I started to step up into a, into a leadership role. And, 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 I, and I wasn't invited, I just took that position. And, and there wasn't like accountability, there wasn't um, tasks and responsibilities given, it was like, I'm just going to do whatever I thought was right because that was the culture that we lived in. It wasn't wrong, it, well it is wrong looking back, but that was just the culture that we're part of. And as I started to connect with other groups... I started to learn that there is some really important things about leadership, and that as a leadership of an organisation, and we're talking about a church now, a church needs to be led as God leads the leaders. A church needs to have a direction, a church needs to have a focus, a church needs to say this is where we're going and, 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 and these are our goals. And at the age of about 23, 24 years of age, I started to learn all this stuff about leadership and then I really started to struggle because the, uh, the, our leader at the time was our pastor and he had great theology, he could communicate clearly, but the reality was he didn't have the gift of leadership. He was a pastor, he didn't have the gift of leadership. And so I, I, I met with him, had meetings with him. And I would say to him things like, what's your vision for this church? Because I want to serve your vision. And that was true. My heart was to honour this leader, was to follow him, was to serve him. And I got nothing back. I said to them, so where are we going? How do you want the worship ministry to look like? Um, What do you want the the, uh, youth ministry to look like? Give me some direction so I know where I'm going and I'm going to follow your lead. And I got nothing back. And what it did in me, it created much frustration. And we're talking about people, um, an organisation without a vision, without a direction. And in me as someone who with a leadership gift, who wanted to be led, who wanted to serve, who wanted to honour, I found it so very frustrating because I I didn't have a clear path. I didn't have a clear direction. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And Michelle and I prayed and we said, God, what are we going to do? And God gave us the green light. And we came to LifeGate. And, and what I found at LifeGate, and I knew the pastor before me before we came here, I found a leader, Paul DeWilt, who was a man of vision. He had more vision that you could poke a stick at. And not only did he have vision, he said, Nathan, this is what I want it to look like, and Nathan, you can do it. He spoke life into me, he gave a vision for me, and I was I wrapped. Was a man with a leadership gifting wants to be led, wants to be led, and I believe one of the reasons why I'm leading the church now is because God honoured my, my, my followership of the pastor before me. The reason we left the church and God gave us the OK was because I wanted a vision, I wanted leadership, and I, and I didn't get it. Without a vision? It can lead to lots of trouble in, in organizations. It can lead to disunity, it can lead to frustration and people scatter. Let's now talk about vision. Let's now talk about this, 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 this idea of people looking forward. It's said in Proverbs 29:18 that people are blessed, that people are happy when they, f- when they have a clear direction. when our God speaks to them and they follow that direction. For their lives. And you know what? With a vision, you achieve more. With a vision, you have a, a clear path to follow. With a vision, you are more fruitful. With a vision, your life is more effective. With a vision, your life is more attractive to the people around you. And with a vision, your influence is greater. Last week, Stu the Chef told us a story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18. They were on Mount Carmel. Remember that? Mount Carmel, Mount Carmel. And there was a the prophet Sabal. And Elijah, the Bible says, takes a step forward. 1 Kings 18 takes a step forward to stand for God and, for, and to fulfill the calling God has for his life. In Joshua chapter 6, in the battle of Jericho, before the army went out, the Bible says that the priests, the worship leaders, stepped forward and went first to fulfill their calling and, their, and and to lead the people in worship as they went into battle. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, the battle of David and Goliath, the Bible says that Goliath stepped forward to start abusing the people of Israel. And as he stepped forward, you know what he did? He took a step forward to represent his army. He took a step forward because he was willing to sacrifice his life for his people. Goliath took a step forward. In Leviticus chapter 8, we're told that Aaron took a step forward to become the priest of the people. He stepped forward to take on a calling, to take on a responsibility, to represent the people before God. And in Matthew chapter 26, on the night that Jesus was arrested, the Bible says that the soldiers who were from the high priest stepped forward to arrest Jesus. They had a purpose to arrest Jesus. And you know what? In, in each one of these cases, you know, with Elijah, with Goliath, with Aaron, with, the, worship, with the, the priests and the worship leaders in Joshua chapter 6, and in, and, and in that story in Matthew chapter 26 with the soldiers stepping forward to arrest Jesus. In every single one of those stories, people step forward with a vision. People step forward with a purpose. People step forward with a goal in order to fulfill a purpose, in order to achieve something. They took a step forward. You know, I'm often asked this question, what is God's will for my life? Often asked this question, what is God's will for my life? And uh, when I hear it, I start to smile. And, and And the reason I start to smile is because I think people are asking the wrong question. Because my answer to this is that 95% of God's will for your life, He's already told you in this, the Word of God. In you know what Matthew chapter 22 says? Matthew chapter 22 has a vision for your life. It says this, love God, love people. That's Jesus. Ephesians 4, you know what God's vision for your life is in Ephesians 4? Forgive others as Christ has forgiven you. Do you know what your God's vision for your life is in 1 Timothy chapter six? He says, be je- command those who are rich, and we just heard about Australia, a rich nation. command those who are rich to be generous." In Ephesians chapter one, God's vision for your life is to know Him. In Colossians chapter three, it says to know His word, which is the Bible. In 2 Corinthians chapter five, God, God's vision for your life is that you be His ambassador. To bring the message of Jesus to those who don't know him. In Matthew chapter 5, he calls you a light. And he calls you to shine that light to the world. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, he tells you to pray. God's vision for your life is that you pray for rulers and those in authority. In Hebrews chapter 13, the Bible says for you to submit to your leaders. In Romans chapter 12, it says to use your gifts for the church. In Hebrews chapter 10 it says meet with other Christians regularly. In Ephesians chapter 5 the Bible talks to men and it says men lay down your wife your wife for your life. Why lay down your life for your wife? Ladies, in Ephesians 5 it says honor and love your husbands. In Colossians chapter 1 in verse 16 which is Nikki's favorite verse, it says all things were created by him and for him. In other words, we are here to honour and give worship to the Son. Friends, 95% of God's will for your life is already there. When people ask me that question, they're asking the wrong question. The question they should be asking is this. Where does God want me to fulfil His will? That's the 5%. Do I do this course? Do I do this occupation? doesn't matter which course. It doesn't matter what occupation. The most importantly... Is that you're loving, you're loving God and you're loving people. Most importantly, is that you're forgiving. Most importantly, is that, that you're generous. Most importantly, is that you're sharing Jesus. It's not so much where God wants you to do it, but more importantly, what He wants you to do. And I think the what is more important than the where. God's vision, God's will, God's goals 95% of it are all set out in Scripture. And friends, my encouragement for you today is to get a, get a hold of God's vision for your life. Get a hold of God's vision for your wife, TK. TK, God wants you to love her and tre- cherish her and present her on that day blameless in His sight. Joel and Saskia, get, a, get God's vision. I'm sure you already do. Grab a hold of God's vision for your children. Train them in the way that they should go so when they're old they will not depart from it. Get God's truth. Teach them. Encourage them. Encourage them to be all that God wants them to be. In your occupation, Dr. Nath, be the man of God that God wants you to be. Share Jesus. Love people. Shine the light of Christ in those eye surgery hospitals that you work in. As an accountant, as a nurse, as a teacher, be the man of God. Be the woman of God that God is calling you to be. You know, we have um, two skateboards this morning. The, this is Aiden's thing. It's called a ripstick. He was given it for Christmas. And for those listening online, it has two wheels. And what you need to do... This is going to be pretty funny. This is why you should come to church, those who are online. Um, you're supposed to put one foot here, put the other foot here, and wiggle. You might have a nice view, Noel. Ready? Like that. And what's supposed to happen is that you go down the street. Anyone can anyone do that? Ja la la la. Thank you, David. And the And the reason I show you this ripstick, a ripstick is like living without a vision. It's messed up. You, you, are, you are, don't go the way you want to go, and you regularly fall over, yeah? And you mess it up. But then you've got a skateboard with four wheels that you can stand on and push, and usually you're okay because it's, it's stable, yeah? And the skateboard is like fulfilling God's vision for your life, which is clear, which is stable. It doesn't mean you won't fall off because we're people and we live in a fallen world. But when we leave God's way, we're setting ourselves up for success. The last thing I want to talk about this morning is having vision in an organization. We talked about the staff, the, the our staff where you work, the PNC, the school, LifeGate Church, whatever it is. And I mentioned before that when an organization has a clear vision, that organization is unified. People are heading in the one direction. And they're going to achieve more, they're going to be more fruitful, they're going to be m- more influential, people are less likely to lead, but rather a clear vision actually gathers people, because they want to be part of something that's making a difference. It's interesting when uh, PNCs ask for money, it's PNCs raise money, people don't have a problem giving money to PNC, why? Because PNCs have got a great vision, they want to support the school that they're a part of, and people are happy to give to that, people lean into that vision. If you're part of another group, have a think about that group for a moment and ask yourself, have we got a clear vision? Have we got a clear strategy? And for some of you people, you guys are actually leading those organisations. Has it got a clear strategy? And if it doesn't, I encourage you to get a clear vision because it's only going to help, it's only going to add. I want to finish this morning by talking about LifeGate Church. And friends, we have a vision to see people live in the freedom and the purpose that Jesus offers. For those who are confused about forward, forward is our theme. It's not our vision. This is our vision. Forward is our theme for the year, which focuses on the second part of our vision, which is fulfilling our purpose. But it actually speaks to freedom because we're actually talking about we need to actually get free to move forward. And for me, this is a really compelling vision. This is something, this vision is something that I am willing to give my life for. And the reason for that is because I have seen, I've seen the result of this vision. I've seen people get free from their stuff. And you know, when someone gets free from a certain area of life, they are radically different, they're radically changed. And and if you've experienced that, you know what I'm talking about. For me, let me give you two examples of where I have been freed. The first one, I'm, I'm nearly there, not there totally yet, but I'm nearly there, in the area of people-pleasing. Any people-pleasers in the room? God wants you free from that. That's not God's will. He wants us to be God-pleasers, not people-pleasers. And so I used to run around trying to please this person and trying to please this person and trying to please this person, and you know what's It's exhausting. And you're so interested in what other people think about you. You do this and you do that and you do that. Rather than getting to the place where you say, actually, God, am I pleasing you? What are the things you want me to do? Rather than doing what everyone else wants. And so when I worked through this about four, four years ago, three and four years ago, whenever it was, it wasn't something that changed like that. But there was definitely a moment was like, hang on, this is crazy. And as I've prayed, as, as the Holy Spirit has worked in me, as he has renewed my mind, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so much more free from people-pleasing than I've ever been. And you know what the fruit is? You know what the fruit is? Is that I care much less. I'm not carrying the weight of what other people think. I'm much more interested in, what is, in in what God says. And as I'm obedient to God, you know, sometimes people are going to like it and sometimes people are not going to like it. And you know what? That's okay. Because I'm here to please Him. That's the fruit of my life. You know, another area of freedom is, is around I used to be a person who used, to, who used to try to be the Messiah. What do I mean by that? I used to try and hold it all together. Hold this together, hold that together, hold this organisation together, because Nathan's got the skills, Nathan's got the abilities, and, and, and I can do it. Is anyone else like that? That's not God's will for our life either. And that hit me when I had that big anxiety thing about three and a half years ago where I worked out that, hang on, I feel like the weight's on me. Actually, God, it's not actually dependent upon me, God, but it's actually upon you. And you can carry the weight. All I need to do is to be obedient to what you're calling me to, and you can deal with all all the stuff. And as I got that revelation, God set me free from this Having to hold it all together, and now I'm so much lighter. I'm so much more free. I'm so much more relaxed. I'm so much more, I'm so much enjoying life more. Because God's freed me from this idea that it's dependent upon me, whereas it's not, it's actually dependent upon him, and I simply need to be obedient to the things that he calls me to. Friends, I'm passionate and compelled by this vision because of what I've seen in other people's lives. That because I know what it is to live in freedom for myself. Let's talk about purpose for a moment. Two areas of purpose. You know, I got to a stage in my life where I thought, I thought life was all about this church. I thought life was all about me loving this church and serving this church and giving my life for this church. And as I've got to know God more, as I've been challenged by other people, you know, God's done a work in me. And, and God has shown me very clearly that church isn't the only thing that God's called me to in this life. God's called me to love my wife. God's called me to love my children and to put them in front of you guys. Sorry. But it's true, isn't it? Is that okay? Is it really Okay good, just checking, because sometimes we say it's okay, but on the inside, no, I really want him for myself. <laughs> and so, as I've sought after God's purpose for my life, I've recognized that my life isn't just LifeGate, but it's much fuller than that. And by doing that, my relationship with my wife is much better. I spend heaps more time with my kids, and they're flourishing. As I'm fulfilling God's purpose, the whole of his purpose for my life. Last thing here is around being comfortable in who God wants me to be. This is a revelation that I've had over the last couple of years, I think, where I've worked out, where I'm trying to work out, Nathan, God, who who am I and where do I fit? And I was speaking to my mentor, Larry Larry, about this, Larry Galbraith about this. And he said to me, Nathan, that's normal at your age. When you hit your mid-30s, I'm only 28, but mid-30s, you actually work out who you are and it sets you up for the rest of your life. That's what he said to me. And I'm going, that makes perfect sense. And and I've been trying to work out, well, what sort of pastor, leader am I supposed to be? Is it supposed to look like that? Am I supposed to look like that? Am I supposed to look like that? And as I've come to know God more and more, as I've sought after him, as I've listened to other people, I've got to a stage where, where, where I've got to this stage and I'm like, all right, I think I know who I am and I think I know who I'm not and I'm going to go with who I am. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be transformed into Christ's likeness but, but, I've, but I've worked out who I am as a leader. I've worked out God's purpose for me in this area. And I'm much more comfortable in being me. And some people are going to like that. And guess what? Some people aren't going to like that. And guess what? That's okay. There's heaps of churches. Pick one that works. Um, thank you for being here. It's nice that you like me. Um, and, and, and I think it all started when I was meeting with Craig Farmer a few times, the great man. And he gave me some of the best bit of advice I've ever been given. And it was this, Nathan, Back yourself. That was the advice. Nathan, back yourself. God has gifted you. God has put a heap of stuff in you. You've got wisdom. Back yourself. Know that God is with you. Know that God is for you. Know that you can do it. And I'm believing that. You know, I'm believing I can. And I shared with the church a, a few months ago that coming back from the US, I was thinking to myself, have I, have I got what it takes to lead a large church or a multi-site church? You know what? I think I do believe that. I believe that God has gifted me for that. God has gifted me to be an outstanding leader. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to go after that. I'm going to pursue that because that's what I believe God has called me to be. And, and this all came out of the vision of this church about each one of us fulfilling our purpose. And, and I just don't say this to you And I say get on board with this. I actually say, Nathan, what does that mean for me? What does it mean, Nathan? What's your next step in freedom? Nathan, what's your next step around purpose? And my hope is that you get it too. Friends, this is for me a compelling vision, a vision that I'm willing to give my life for because I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in the lives of you and many other people. And you know what? We're believing this year. We're going to reproduce this. This thing that we have of people getting free, people fulfilling their, fulfilling their purpose in other places. And as we go into the Watergrove community, as we go into a couple of other places that I'm talking to pastors about, we're going to shine this forth and many, many more people are going to live in freedom and fulfill their purpose. And friends, that is a vision that I, that I want to get behind, that I want to lean into, and that I want to serve. And my prayer is that you will lean into that as well. Three questions to finish. The first one is a get real question. It's one of our values, get real. Here's the question. Do you have a vision for your... You can insert marriage, children, education, relationships, organisation. Do you have a vision for? And I would reckon that most of us, the answer is no. We just go about life, doing the thing, do the next thing. Let's stop. Let's think, God, what do you want for this? And then be deliberate in pursuing it. Because when you have a vision, you achieve more, you're more fruitful, you're more influential. Second question is another get real question. Are you leaning into LifeGate's vision? is it something that Nathan and the staff and the elders sprout on about, but it's something that he says, you know what, I want to see that in my life. I want to see my life free and fulfilling the purpose that Jesus has for me. And not just for me, I want to see the people that I connect with do that as well. That's what it means to lean in. And I hope the answer is yes. Last question and we're going to finish here is a take action question. What does God want to look like this time next year? What does God want your marriage? What does God want your children, insert whatever it is, next year? This is about creating a vision. This is about setting a goal. This is about looking forward and saying, this is what we want to achieve. And my encouragement to you is take this home and answer it. Spend some time. Next time you're doing your quiet time, pray. Seek God and say, God, what is your vision for? And then ask yourself the question, well, how am I going to get to that point? What are the things I need to do to see that my marriage like that? You know, I, I, I took Michelle on a date on Friday. She came home from a meeting. And she, came, she, had, and she said, Nathan, we don't do dates. And I went, yeah, I know. Nathan, we need to take you on a date. So I took her down to Bulleye. Man, write this down. This is awesome. And it's cheap. Um, We went to Bulleye. You know the M1? It's pretty funny, isn't it? Cheap. Don't tell her I said that. She's in Little Treasures this morning. Um, You go down the M1, and as you drive down the M1 towards Wollongong, and you get to Bulleye on the left is a place called Panorama House. And they do all-you-can-eat buffet lunches $18 a head. And the view, it was very hard to look at the view when I had my wife there, I know, but the view is just spectacular. Something that I need to work on is what's my vision for my marriage and dates is part of that. What does God want to look like this time next year? Let's pray, let's close. Father, we want to thank you that you give us a vision for our lives. And your Bible is full full of clarity around the things that you want us to do the life that you want us to live father may we be a people who is who are deliberate in grabbing a hold of the vision that you have for our lives for our marriages for our children for our relationships in our occupation in our in, in our businesses, in our organisations, that we will grab a hold, Lord, of your vision, that we will pursue it. Because we know that, God, when we have a vision, that we achieve more, that we are... Um, Proverbs 29 says that we are happy, that we are blessed, that we live a life in abundance, that people are attracted to us, Lord, and to you because of the life that we live. Help us to be people, Lord, who are deliberate about the future, who look forward who are deliberate about achieving the things that you want for our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I encourage you, if you like some prayer this morning, to come forward. And the worship team is gonna come right now. Come on, worship team, and stand at the front. If you want some prayer for something that I've shared this morning or another need, please come, we'll pray for you. Otherwise, be released. If you wanna try and ride the ripstick, you're more than welcome to. It's not great on the carpet, better on the deck.